With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Warning. This show contains adult political themes and language. Liberals and little children should cover their ears. Welcome to Liberty Never Sleeps, where negativity never sounded so good. Now here's your host, Thomas Purcell. Good morning and welcome to Liberty Never Sleeps. Make sure to follow the show on our website at libertyneversleeps.com where you can find links to us on all the social media sites including Gab and MeWe. Don't forget to subscribe to the show also on iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, or your favorite streaming device. We're a listener-funded show. If you'd like to see ad-free content video of the show, you can subscribe to us through our website and merchandise shop at patreon.com. Good morning. Well, today's the last public show on the radio for the week. I'm going to be doing another show available to all of our paid listeners for tomorrow. And then I'm going on vacation Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday for Labor Day. And then I will be back on Tuesday because that is when Congress supposedly will come back in session. I know they're doing uh, an emergency session and they're basically mentally masturbating. They're, they're doing test votes on some of the bill provisions on the expansion and spending bills that they're doing. But right now, with everything that is going on with Biden and this administration and what's going on in the White House, I doubt they will be able to get anywhere near what they wanted done with spending. Because they every Democrat that is in a purple state or a, a toss-up state or a swing state is, is going to be in trouble. And they know that the American people don't want all of this spending right now. And when you, they, most, most representatives in the House in a swing state, no, they're, they're dead. Because what happened with Afghanistan, the way Biden handled it, his lack of humanity, his obvious malfeasance in office, it, he's, they're done. They're done. So they're not going to want to exacerbate it because they figure... It'll, maybe it'll end after this news cycle that they'll just move forward and some other new horror will come along and the American people will forget about this. But I got to tell you, this is going to stick a long time. This is not going to pass very lightly. Pe American people will tolerate a lot of things, but they won't tolerate a president who is incompetent or unfeeling, especially. And that's why so many of these politicians cry like babies on the camera and behind closed doors they laugh with the crocodile tears because they know the American people don't like an insensitive person. 
and least of all the president. You know, I remember when Bill Clinton, I feel your pain, and everybody loved him for it, even though I know it was fake. So I, you know, I expected Biden to come out and do that on, on his speech today when he talked about Afghanistan, which didn't happen until 3 o'clock in the afternoon, which tells me they're having harder and harder trouble keeping him controlled with the medication. But, you know, I, I'll, I'll get into the specifics of that speech, which were horrifying, absolutely horrifying. For a lot of reasons. But I, I you know, I, I, well, first of all, I want to talk about Labor Day. I'm going to be gone those few days and, and I'm going to be spending the time watching Jerry Lewis telethon. I've got my mix up and I, and I'm not going to be focusing too much on the news. I will check in from time to time on social media, but I'm not going to spend much time on Biden, on Afghanistan. I just, I, I know what I need to know about the Taliban. I saw them hanging people from a helicopter. That that tells me all I need to know, right? These guys are not people that you can negotiate with. They're not any kind of responsible people. They don't care what the world thinks. They don't want to seat at the table except if, in order to get their own money. It has nothing to do with wanting a desire or, or a better relationship for the rest of the world. They're just afraid we got, we're going to be shut out of the marketplace and we're going to be shut out of the banking and financial and that will affect them. That means their country will have trouble. They'll may be able to manage that country. You know, you can scare people all you want and threaten them with guns. But if you can't move money around and, and, and to run a country, it's impossible. So I'm going to be spending the weekend watching these old Jerry Lewis telethon things and Jerry Lewis movies. I always do it every Labor Day. I, I've talked about it here on the show. I don't need to belabor it again. It's just... A, I, I miss those simpler times. I mean, when the worst thing that was happening, when the, when the, I remember when it was a, the, a bad event, when the Jerry Ford fell down the stairs, going out of Air Force One, remember that? And everyone laughed a bit and, and like, oh, that's so terrible that a president would fall down, you know? And it's like, I miss the simpler times. You know what I really miss? The clarity of it all. You know what the right wing represented. You know what the left wing represented and it was either more government or less, but everything's all in chaos now. Everything, everything is about, do you like this guy? Do you like that guy? And if you go with the slightest bit outside that range of attitudes, you get castigated and an entire segment uh, 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 disagrees with you. They block you on Twitter and social media. It's gotten out of hand. And that's too bad because I like to red pill people. I don't know if you know this expression. Red pill people is when you go on a thread and you just state facts and that are completely refute what they're saying or you say something in such a way that it embarrasses the original poster. This is, this is the, the best. Celebrities are the easiest to red pill because they're always saying things that they heard on the news rather than any kind of intellectual understanding of the issue. You know, I, I, I got lucky today. I red-pilled Bill Baldwin because he said something really dumb. He says, here's a form that you can sign if you don't take the COVID vaccine about how you don't want care and you could save us all the trouble. And it's like, really? I mean, this is like so intellectually vacuous. It was so easy to pick apart. And a friend of mine, Richard Barris, who does wonderful People's Pundit Daily, just wonderful show. I, I, I love his, and he's more... You know, when he does his podcast, it's more about facts and numbers and 
He's more of a pollster. I'm more of a psychological, sociological thing. And he gets really into the numbers. He's great. I like if you if you need to get numbers about how many people have this or did this or voted this certain way, and you want accurate, don't go to Frank Luntz. Don't go to any of these big pollsters. Go go to Richard Barris, People's Pundit Daily. He'll get you the truth about how people feel. And he retweeted it. He's got a he's got a pretty good sized following. And you know I get keep getting bounced on Twitter, so I don't have any followers. Right. <laughs> Plus, I don't spend any time on there except the red pill people. And he retweeted it, and all his followers thought it was the funniest fucking thing. You know, everybody's laughing about it. And you pick up a few trolls, but, you know, that's what the mute button is for. You just mute the trolls. You know, I didn't even read them. People who send me these troll tweets, I don't even read them. I just mute them all. Like, you have to suffer with my tweets now, and I don't have to listen to anything you say. <laughs> you know, I don't block people generally. I don't. The only people I block are people who I think are dangerous or... Uh, maybe saying dangerous things. I black white. I block white supremacists. I block racists, right? But usually, I just mute people who are just being silly, just trying to. They're trying to provoke me. It doesn't work. I see. I, a lot of celebrities are smart enough not to fall into that trap of getting provoked. Uh, but some of them are dumb. Some of them fall for the red pill every time. You know, it's it's hilarious. So I know I'm on mute. Uh, from shadow ban from from Twitter, so that's why I don't. A lot of that stuff doesn't get retweeted. I'm on their shit list, right? They're not going to ban me because I don't violate any of my rules, but they're not going to let anybody hear my stuff. So I just go out and red pill everybody. I just enjoy myself for that kind of thing. But yeah, the the thing is, is you need to put things in context with Afghanistan, right? The left is coming out and making. A big statement about how successful this operation was. And I go, wait a second. Let, let's put this in context, all right? You saying Biden's withdrawal from Afghanistan is like saying Nixon was successful in his withdrawal from Vietnam. It's just as miserable. Kissinger negotiated a, a settlement. They knew that Vietnam was going to collapse. And shortly thereafter, the North Vietnamese roared across the water. It was not successful for America. Any more than Afghanistan was. Any more than this withdrawal was. It doesn't matter how many people you evacuate. And, and things have to be put in that kind of context, right? For instance, they're saying that Afghanistan was America's longest war. No, it wasn't. Korea is. We're still engaged there. And that's the difference. Here's the thing. Korean War, they came to an armistice agreement where we kept bases in South Korea, North Korea wouldn't come across the border, and the shooting was stopped. But there was no end to that war. Our, the, the South Korea, we have bases there, and our guys are on the highest level of alert. You want to talk about a forever war, North Korea, not South Korea. But you see what the settlement was that Truman Wade, it's the same settlement that Trump came to. Well, we're going to stay in, in here and we're going to have a limited amount of troops just in case you come across. And what's happened to South uh, Korea? South Korea was the, almost the same, really, when you think about it, from an economic and sociological point of view as Afghanistan. They, were, they had almost no economy in South Korea. It was a third world country. And we established an armistice agreement, and then we started trading with the South Koreans. We said, okay, North Korea, you stay on that side of the line, and we'll keep a base here to keep the North Koreans from roaring across. Can you imagine in 1954 if we had abandoned 
Truman's agreement with Korea, the way Biden did in Afghanistan, what would have happened? He would have said, well, we're not going to fight Korea. What, who was the president after Truman? Eisenhower. What, what if Eisenhower had said, no, Truman made a bad deal. He just, he, he, he's allowed this communist republic to stand and we're just going to bring our troops home because we don't want a forever war. This is what Biden said. We don't want a forever war. We don't have, have troops over there all the time. What do you think would have happened? Well, North Korea would have roared across the border and there would have been a horrible evacuation just like Biden. But what is the, the difference? Eisenhower kept the agreement in place. So did every subsequent president. We're going to keep a base there. And if North Korea attacks South Korea, we're going to defend it with all of our you know abilities. What's happened to South Korea? Look at South Korea now. It looks like Japan doesn't it? Economically, it's a, it's a major westernized nation. We get all kinds of goods from there. The people are successful, economically wealthy from a societal point of view. That's the difference. Put in context. Vietnam was a failure. We left. We, did, we had an agreement in place, but we didn't back it up. We didn't keep base there. We didn't keep soldiers there. North Vietnam overran South Vietnam. It's now a communist country, and it looks like shit. People are all peasants there. Look at South Korea, how successful it's been. Look at Taiwan versus China. We said to Taiwan, we're going to keep a base here on the island of Formosa. We're going to protect the straits between you and China, and we're going to defend you. We have an agreement. We'll keep a modest amount of troops there. We don't need to keep a lot. Just so that you know, if you attack Taiwan, you attack us. That's what we could have done in Afghanistan. That's not a forever war. You keep Bagram base open. You keep a few thousand guys there, and then you advise them. And eventually the Taliban just fade away because they never get power. They never have billions of dollars of weapons, and they never get a foothold in the country. And eventually the country becomes more and more and more successful. So a group like the Taliban can't take over just like in Korea and Taiwan. That, that, you have to put that in context. When people, when the left says to you, this was a successful operation, I'd say, no, it isn't. It's a complete fucking failure, just like Vietnam was. Top to bottom. Because you didn't keep troops there, and you didn't keep the peace, and it's not a forever war. We weren't fighting in Afghanistan. We had largely left by 2015. Frankly, it's Obama's war. If you look at the troop buildups, we had a modest amount of troops to get Osama bin Laden, and we couldn't get them, and things were destabilizing, and Obama just jumped this through the roof, the troops, and then when they had, the troops actually were successful against the Taliban, we gave up. Trump came back and signed an agreement, says, okay, then we'll keep this open, we'll keep that open, we'll keep, maybe we'll give up Bagram, uh, we're going to reduce our footprint a little bit more, but we're going to stay there and... and maintain some sort of semblance of peace. It was an armistice agreement. It wasn't a withdrawal agreement. Look at it. Read it. It's available. We were going to keep advisors there on the ground. It's a perfect balance. It was exactly what they did in Korea. So now we're faced with what? Hanging people from helicopters, Taliban overrun, terrorist threat, an Islamic nation now. Let, let's talk about Biden's consummate failure because the, the, the mainstream media and the left-wing mob, the, the left-wing, what I call the left-wing mafia, is on social media making their spin and they're completely ignorant of history and where we've been and how we do things. We'll be right back after this brief break.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Afghanistan is a consummate failure, both militarily, economically, diplomatically, it's an embarrassment for the United States, just like Vietnam was. I don't care about how many hundreds of thousands of people you got out. They wouldn't have had to get it at all. Do you know what? You know, one of the things that Biden said in his speech today was that, hey, listen, we told you people to get out. He's actually blaming people for falling under the thumb of the Taliban. Well, wait a second. The reason people, Americans and Afghanistan, Afghanis alike, did not want to leave was because it was their nation. And they felt that the Afghan forces would be bolstered by our uh, military advisors and would be the established government. They wanted to be there. If you are an Afghani and you're in tight, you're in the establishment, right? And now that the armistice agreement is signed and America was going to have a minimal footprint and the Afghans were going to be in charge, this was a golden opportunity to make a mint because it was going to be like South Korea. It was going to be a westernized nation as the people became more and more powered and the Taliban faded. It was going to be another South Korea or Taiwan. And they wanted a part of it because they were both Afghanis and American citizens as well as Afghanis themselves. That never happened. They never got a chance. We decided to just pack up stakes and go. And then when we started to see that that wasn't going to work, that we should have maintained our footprint, we didn't care. We didn't give a shit. Well, we got an agreement. Biden comes out, blames the Afghans and Americans for staying, that it's their fault, in an angry, belligerent speech. I felt like I was being lectured on like my from my dad, like I spilled paint in the garage or something. He yells and, and gets hostile. And then he talks about his great success while at the same time blaming Trump for their, its failures. What kind of speech is that? That's not a speech about leadership. That's a speech of a failure, both character-wise and personally. Now, there's no honor anymore. It, it doesn't, you know, Joe Biden 
is Jimmy Carter and FDR combined. FDR at Yalta, okay? Which is interestingly enough because FDR and Carter were both idolized by Biden. He, he's from Delaware, and so was FDR, and he saw himself as like, oh, he wanted to be another FDR. Well, he got to be, except he didn't got what he didn't expect. Now he's a decrepit old man, and it's obvious with his speaking tones and the way he's behaving in how to deal with this crisis. And it is that. It is not a success story. But I, here, he, he, you, have you ever seen the movie A Few Good Men? Jack Nicholson's this Marine General, and he's running things down in Guantanamo Bay, right? And he wants tough soldiers, so he does something called a code red. Now, you know anything about the military. This is when there are sometimes people just don't cut it in the military. And what they decide to do is they wash you out by basically making it so unpleasant for you that you'll quit. It's not uncommon. I, you know, in this movie, they described it as what's called a code red. In this particular case, Nicholson orders a code red and it gets a guy killed. Turns out the guy just had an allergy or something. I don't know what the whole story was. But they performed a code red on this guy. A guy gets killed and there's an inquiry. They put a couple of young Marines on, uh, on trial for it. And the Marines won't talk. They won't say Nicholson ordered it. They won't say their commanding officer ordered it. They just say, well, we don't know what happened. We were maybe a little rough with the guy, but, you know, and the Tom Cruise is the lawyer says, look, what I'm learning in my investigation is that General Nick, you know, who's, I don't know what the character was, but Jack Nicholson ordered it. And we need to prove it because these young Marines are not going to rat out a general. And eventually he gets Jack Nicholson to admit to it. And the interesting thing was, Honor was a big thing in the movie. And Jack Nicholson's number one guy is bothered by the whole thing. Because it's a dishonorable moment. When you try and take a, uh, a failure and make claim it to be a success or deny or cover it up. In this particular case, one Marine got killed. And it's bothering him through the whole movie. And finally, he just comes to the realization, I have dishonored the uniform and I have taken my entire life, which has stood for duty and honor and responsibility and just thrown it in the trasher and he can't live with it. And at the end of the movie, when he knows that the, the general is probably going to get away with it, he just says, I cannot live with this, puts on his class A's and lays down on a bed and blows his brains out. I got to tell you, the national security team, generals, former military, I cannot believe that they are acting so shamelessly that we haven't seen somebody go crazy and shoot himself or something like that. I'm shocked because these guys, their careers stand for something. The uniform stands for something. The men that defended that field for the last 14 days or however long it was, they stood for something. They believed in something. And when Biden comes out and lies about how many people they got out of, out of uh, the airfield, lies about how the operation was handled, and all the liberals, liberal mafia screaming about how great this thing is, those guys, the guys with the fruit salad on their class A's, those guys know. 
you dishonored the uniform when you deny that happened. I saw the look on their face every time there was a Pentagon briefing and they had to answer questions. Admiral Kirby, General McKenzie, they know. You're dishonoring the uniform by accepting orders from a man that you know aren't true. You know what happened there. You know what happened in that airfield at Kabul. You know that it could have been handled much better. You know that you didn't need to pull out those troops. You know that men were dead because you didn't maintain military protocols. You didn't create a perimeter. You didn't have a no man's land, a zone. And you could not control the situation. And that's why those Marines are dead. And they know it. They, they know it, but they're not admitting it. They're talking about, oh, how great we did and how many hundred thousand. But you know, there's somebody in that bunch that's laying awake at night. There's somebody that's knowing, I just pissed all over everything that I'm supposed to represent. I'm supposed to represent the truth. I'm supposed to represent honor and duty. And you have a duty to refuse orders. Lieutenant Colonel Schiller, who gave up his commission, knew that. That's why he said, I cannot, I cannot wear this uniform anymore. I cannot accept these orders anymore. I cannot stand here and lie to the American people, to the Constitution, and to everything that I represent anymore. And he's at a point in his career where he could become a general, when he could become much more than what but he gave that up. That should be recognized. And those soldiers that are higher ranked than him, that are sitting at tables and talking about this, they know it too. Don't let anyone tell you, well, they're just yes men and the bureaucrats. Yeah, maybe. But they know it. It's eaten at them. I don't believe that you can reach those kind of levels of positions without having that sense of duty and that sense of honor. I don't believe that you can do that. Now, maybe some of them, maybe the very high end, maybe someone on the Joint Chiefs is a yes man and just can live with it. But I know anyone above the rank of colonel who had anything to do with that operation, anyone outside the actual guys doing the job, I'm talking about the brass, they know. And it's eaten at them right now, tonight. And someone, maybe others, will step forward. That's why that movie immediately came to, 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 to the mind, right? And Jack Nicholson, a total asshole. He was willing to throw away anything. I don't care. I'm saving lives. And that's what Biden said in that speech today. I saved lives. If we'd have done it the way you know everyone's saying, then a whole bunch of Marines at that airfield might have come under fire and gotten killed. Yeah, they might have. But it's not about the amount of people that get killed. It's the manner in which you defend a nation, which, which is important. Which the manner in which you defend their nation. The manner in which you explain yourself when you make a mistake in judgment. Nobody faulted Joe Biden in the early days of making a mistake of judgment. When it started to, when, when Kabul started to go, I said, I knew, well, they fucked up. But that was the point where Biden started to go bad. It wasn't saying that we got to withdraw by September 11th. That's not fair. He decided to make a decision. Well, we can go out because, you know, Trump signed this agreement. We'll just accelerate it a little bit. That's not the problem. The problem is when you saw it going bad, 
especially the military people. And you saw all these provinces starting to go. By June, you should have said to the president at that time, well, Mr. President, this is going to go badly. And if you did, and if the president ignored that, President Biden, he is the guy in charge. He's the one making decisions. If he ignored that, ignored that advice, and it ended up in what it did, and you sit silent, you're as guilty too. You need to speak up. Well, hey, listen, Mr. the president made a mistake here. We have a responsibility not only to the Constitution, but to our uniform for all of the years and all the men that came before us. That's what Schiller did. He stood up and said, no, I have a responsibility to the Constitution and to my men. The people running things now are dangerous. Just the way it was in that movie, A Few Good Men. Jack Nicholson, dangerous. He ordered the death of a man and then he covered it up. It's one thing to say, well, I got ordered a code red, but I'm going to accept it. I'm going to accept the discipline and the death of this Marine. It was my fault. I'll resign my commission. Okay, that's the honorable thing to do. But to deny it, to cover it up, and then tell everybody around you, hey, it was a success story, and get the media or a bunch of fornicators and pedophiles to come out and say, oh, yeah, that's good too, to have them lie for you. No Marine general can live with that. I, I don't believe that. None. And at some point, the truth will come out. And the longer you wait, the greater the dishonor. But that's all I'm going to talk about Afghanistan today. I, I've been talking about this for weeks. I think the president's mistakes are manifest. I think everyone knows it. I think even the left knows it, and especially those generals know it. And those are the people that need to know it. There's nothing I can do about it. We're going to have to live with it. But at the same time, I think I've said enough at this point. Because now they're going house to house and killing people. They're selling off children for slavery, and, and God knows what else is going on there. They couldn't even get out the president's translator, Mohammed. That's how bad these guys are. There's no sense beating a dead horse until something new breaks or something more interesting breaks, and it's sure to. It's sure to. And those generals know it too. Hey, listen, we better prepare. There's going to be chaos in the next few years. We better prepare for the next one. That's what the, the generals that fought in Vietnam did. That's what McNamara says. Well, listen, we lost Vietnam, but we better prepare for the next one because now communism has got a foothold in Southeast Asia. And that's what our generals are doing now, preparing. China has now gotten more aggressive with Taiwan, has expanded its permit. That would have not happened if, if Vietnam had not fallen, folks. There are consequences to decisions that are made and mistakes that are made. But you can minimize it. You can restore your honor by speaking up and saying, I resign or this needs to be done to fix it. One of the two. You can't just go on lying like you are. You can't just go on covering up for a president who's either senile or malfeasant or both. We need to move on. I need to talk about the Koreas. We'll be right back.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires goal for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Well, South Korea must be taking a shit right now. I would. South Korea is in exactly the same position as I explained as Afghanistan was 30 years ago. 30 years ago, they were just, well, I should say, what was it, 1950? Oh, wow. Well, it was, let's say, let's say 70 years ago for a round number. They were in the same position. They were a third world country. But the United States stood behind South Korea, didn't it? Didn't it? We fought a war there, signed an armistice agreement, but we said we're not leaving. That was a forever war. If you, if you really want to look at a forever war, look at South Korea. We got troops there. We have troops in Germany. We have troops in Italy. War's long over there. We don't need troops there, but why? Keeps the peace. Unfortunately, that's a responsibility we now have. That's the negative aspect of winning a war. Got to maintain it. You have to maintain the peace. What do you think would happen if we pulled out all of our troops of Germany and Italy and, and all these other places? What do you think would happen? I, not Nothing good, that's for sure. That's for certain. Look, if you got to pull troops out of somewhere, why'd you have to pull them out from Afghanistan? Why don't you just close down one or two bases in Germany or one or two bases in Italy, for Christ's sake, or Spain? There's plenty of bases there. There's plenty of bases, uh, American bases in Europe. Pull a few out of there. You can't tell me that pulling out 100,000 of Afghanistan uh, is the same as pulling out 100,000. It's the same. Cost you the same. They don't do it because, why? Because, you know, everybody's got their kit and caboodle in all these military bases overseas. There's all kinds of political reasons why you can't pull them out. But you could reduce your footprint in Germany. You could reduce your footprint in Spain or Italy without too many effects. But what if you had a total pullout in Germany or Spain or Italy today? Let's say tomorrow Biden says, I'm going to pack up and go out of Europe completely. Do you remember how much criticism got... Trump got when he just said, well, I just want them to pay their fair share. And, and, and why not? They said, oh, my God, he's going to abandon NATO. How terrible. Meanwhile, they just abandoned Afghanistan, which was a far more precarious situation. And we had far better reason to be in Afghanistan than we do in Germany. But what would happen? Well, Russians might make a move. Someone else might make a move. The economy might destabilize. You know, American bases pour a lot of money. Americans pour a lot of money into Europe through American base. You know how, many, how much money the average soldiers and sailors and all the economy that's built around those? Sure, it would probably be very damaging to the Germans or the Spanish or the Italy 
God knows where. Why about Europe? Why, why, why do we have bases in England? You know, we've got bases all over the place. Look it up. Bases on Wikipedia. I think we've got something like 150, 200 bases around the world. All kinds of Mickey Mouse. We've even got a base in Cuba, Guantanamo Bay, in an enemy country. We want to talk about a forever war. How about that? How long have we been in, in that? Eight, what's, what was the Spanish-American War? We do it all the time. We're the, we're the Roman Empire, folks. Get used to it. That's a cost. You want the world to be peaceful? You want to have a nice home in the suburbs? You want to have an economy that looks like this? Everybody going around worrying about what they see on social media and playing video games? Well, it's going to take troops everywhere. Otherwise, all these other nations would be fighting with each other and probably us. That's the cost you pay. People don't realize that. Don't put it. Now, look, I wanted this out of Afghanistan, but I thought Trump came up with a good plan. A couple thousand troops. I don't. I didn't agree with Bagram, and I, if you remember, if you pull out, pull up my show. I said making a deal with the Taliban is never a good idea, but I thought he fa found a good balance because when he turned over the keys of the kingdom to Joe Biden, we had peace in Afghanistan. We've had peace there since 2015. I think there have been less than less than a hundred casualties over the last ten years. I don't know. I'd have to look it up. Something like five or ten soldiers every now and then. You know, they're driving down the road and poof, one goes up. But that would have ended. That would have ended, just like it did in Spain, just like it did in Germany. You think, do you think Nazi Germany was peaceful after we conquered it in World War II? You think Japan was peaceful? Of course not. There was all kinds of firefights and shooting going on after that. Look it up. I mean, it's not like I make shit up. It's not like you can't find out. And eventually, everything settles down as the people become more prosperous. So does the nation. But if I was South Korea, I'd be pissed. I'd be like, man, what's to prevent Joe Biden from saying, wait, we need to save a few bucks. We're going to say goodbye to South Korea. You know, it's stable there. You can defend yourselves. That's what we told the Afghanis. Well, we can defend yourselves. We've trained you. Here's some troops. We'll supply you with armored cars and stuff. Don't worry about it. You don't think the South Koreans would give it up so quick. They know better now, right? They didn't know better in the, in the 50s when we fought the Korean War. It was really a tough situation. Korea was a rugged country, very much like Afghanistan. Cold winters, hot summers, no economy, hostile people. That's what it was. Same thing. What a difference. What a difference it makes. Right? I don't want to hear any more about forever wars. We hadn't been fighting in Afghanistan for years. Just like we haven't been fighting in South, Africa, in South Korea. But, you know, we still had troops there. We still had a base. So this, I was, saw this news story, too. The North Koreans are thinking the same thing I'm thinking. Gee, what if? What if? That those carrier task force that Trump had stationed off our coast, what if they just sail home? What if those troops in American bases in South Korea just decide, you know what? We don't want no more forever war in Korea. Everything's fine. Trump met with uh, Kim Jong-il, right? We're all hunky-dory. We're all best, best buddies. Right? Same thing. Trump signed an agreement. Right? We can go home from South Korea. Sounds good. Let's take them home. They know better. They're gearing up. They fired up a nuclear power plant out of, out of the blue. Fired up the banks. You know why? Fire, stoke up the, the, the weapons manufacturing. We better start building bombs. There might be an opportunity here real quick. You don't think North Korea would love to get its hands on South Korea? You ever seen North Korea at night? It's still like 1950s there. 
There's no infrastructure. There's no money there. There's people are starving. My God, even Kim Jong-il is starving compared to everybody else. He's the, he's the fattest person in North Korea, by the way. And he don't look that fat anymore. People have said, well, maybe he's ill. No, I think he just doesn't have enough food. And the people in North Korea are suffering terribly. You don't think that that's going to affect the decision-making of a dictator? That's why he's firing up the old nuclear power plants. Oh, boy. <laughs> because, why? Well, because he knows. If he goes crazy and moves his troops across that border, bases or not, we'll probably respond. We'll have to with a nuclear weapon because we could possibly hold it and get all our troops back in time. He knows that. But if he had a nuclear weapon, right, or a few nuclear weapons, little different game, isn't it? Gets the seat at the table. Starts to roar his troops across because you left. And then he says, well, if you do anything, I'll set these nukes off. He's licking his chops. You never know. He knows that we're not probably planning to leave South Korea anytime soon. But you never know with this jerk in the White House. Because he just went out on American TV and got mad that people thought he did a bad job. So South Korea is probably pissed. They're probably saying, oh my God, what's going to I mean, I don't know if they're going to stick around or not. They probably are. But you understand. It means Kim Jong-il gets to fight. Don't be surprised if you see it. Remember the artillery? You know, North Korea has huge artillery emplacements overlooking South Korean cities that are on the border. They could fire like 20, 30 miles. You know, these big, eight, like 88 millimeter. I think they're 88s. Like the old German 88s. Boom! They shoot a, a shell the size of a Volkswagen. And they can shoot it for like 30 miles. It looks like a battleship, you know, 16-inch gun. Boom! He's got dozens of these emplacements overlooking South Korea. Don't be surprised if they fire up. Do you remember the last time they fired up? Killed a whole bunch of South Koreans? What did we do? Nothing. Now you got Joe Biden in the office, which is even worse than Obama, right? What do you think he'll do? What do you think Joe Biden would do if all that artillery started firing? Say, well, it's time for us to go. We don't need to fight in a forever war anymore? Maybe. Maybe they're thinking maybe, you know, these guys are crazy, man. They don't think like you and I, they have a very different idea of what the West is capable of or what the West will do. And now that you've showed weakness, they're firing up to things. You could bet that Iran is thinking about that with Iraq too. China's made no bones about it. They are thinking about it and said so publicly. Well, you know, Taiwan, They've been making a stink even before Biden showed this weakness. Oh, man. I, I, you know, let's not talk about I, – let's not talk about the crazy anymore. I want to talk about the, the mainstream media, the mass media, the liberals. We'll be right back. We're going to go long again today. <laughs> it's just that there, there's so much to talk about, and I hate doing the two-minute soundbite story. And I've done them. You know, I've, there's, I've done segments for five or six minutes, like, you know, Fox News. But you never really get into the meat of it, right? You never get into the really good stuff if, unless you, you expound on your ideas. You never explain yourself. Mass media now is comparing 
the Republican Party and the GOP, the Taliban. I don't recall the GOP ever hanging anybody from a helicopter. I could be mistaken. Not to hear the mass media tell it, right? Oh, those Republicans, they're as bad as the Taliban. You obviously have never fought the Taliban, huh? We're as bad as the Taliban because we're telling kids that they have a choice in wearing a mask. You know, all these guys who are that doing the anti-mask thing and, and pro-vent mask thing, like, I don't care one way you wear, them, you wear them or not. I just don't want government telling people to wear them. You want to wear them? Go wear them. I don't care. You want to take a vaccine? Okay, fine by me. I just don't want government mandating it. I mean, that's, that's such an extreme position. But every time somebody comes out and says, well, you anti-maskers, not, they're not anti-maskers, they're anti-government. You anti-maskers are the problem. You're like the Taliban because you're going to kill kids. How? Look, time out a second. Time out a second. What about the, the saying anti-vaccine people are going to kill people? How? If you take the vaccine, they've already said, if you take the vaccine and you get COVID-19, it will reduce, if not eliminate, the risk of death and reduce the severity of the symptoms of the illness. Good news. That's why everybody's getting the vaccine. So how is that guy... Not getting a vaccine, a danger to you. Because they've already said and know that people with who have taken the vaccine, they've said this. If you've taken the vaccine, you could still get it and you could still transmit it. So how is me making a choice, maybe a stupid one, foolish one, how is that a threat to you? All you have to do is take the vaccine. You're okay, right? You're going to get it anyway, whether I take the vaccine or not. Right? So what are you upset about? How is that an extreme position? Now, you may say, well, you really should take the vaccine. That's a good argument. I can tell you most of my family has either gotten COVID or have taken the vaccine at this point. Just for fair disclosure. So we're not anti-vaccine here. Some of us just don't want government mandates. Right? Look, if you're concerned about catching COVID-19 to the point where you want to wear a mask, go ahead and do it. It'll protect you. They've said that. Well, it doesn't protect me as much as you wearing a mask. Yeah, but it doesn't protect you and prevent you. You might as well just get it. You might as well not wear a mask and take the vaccine because you're going to get it sooner or later. The masks aren't foolproof either. I wear a mask, you wear a mask. We still get it. It's proven because we all were wearing masks back in March of 2020. We all still got it, right? As a percentage, and as a percentage of the population, more people are vaccinated now than ever before. And guess what? The case rate is lower than it was last year. It's because everybody's getting vaccinated. So what? I mean, I'm using your arguments here. I'm not making this shit up. I'm saying exactly the same thing you are. Right? How is am I, how am I like the Taliban? You may feel that I'm right wing and I have some rather grotesque and extreme views as far as government is concerned. Well, I'm certainly not like the Taliban. The Taliban aren't even wearing masks at all. Have you seen them? They're going around slaughtering people with no mask on. How terrible. Oh my God, they're not even wearing a mask when they're killing people. That's really bad. <laughs> I don't recall too many Taliban. I think there was a couple I saw, but did, I didn't see too many Taliban running around screaming Alhu Akbar 
blowing themselves up, shooting at people, guns over their heads, threatening them, killing them in their homes, going to a drive. I don't think they're wearing masks. Why don't you take the case up with the Taliban? No, you know who's like the Taliban? The Taliban. That's who's like them. And some of these Islamic fundamentalists, these extreme, I mean, you talk about extreme. You can't play music in Afghanistan anymore. It's a death sentence. Yeah, I don't recall the, the Republican Party ever screaming about death sentences for people who play uh, Alyssa Milano's music, right? I, I, I don't recall anybody's, well, maybe with, with uh, Nickelback, but that's about it. <laughs> I don't recall anybody screaming about that. Is anybody telling Richard Marks not to play, don't play Richard Marks music, otherwise it's a death sentence? No. No, we have different views on how government should be run. How terrible. How awful. The, the, the former education secretary of the United States compared the Republican Party to the Taliban. Are you kidding me? That's the former... Ed- you would think that somebody in government, right? Somebody holds a position of authority in government. I'm not talking about a low-level secretary. We're talking about the education secretary, the former education secretary of the United States of America. These guys are like the Taliban. How about we drop that person off in Kabul and see what the re- Taliban are really like? Then they might not say that. Then the Republicans won't seem so bad, will they? Are you Republicans like the Taliban? I thought it was bad when they started calling us Nazis, right? Rob Reiner. Oh, the GOP is going to turn this nation into a fascist nation. This is from the guy who supports 20,000 troops at the Capitol, mandates masks and vaccines on everybody, including vaccine passports, which are basically papers. And I'm the one who's the fascist? Give me a break. That's how extreme, that's how weird some of these people have gotten. You, go, you, ever, you ever follow out what some of these liberals are sending out on TikTok? Holy smokes. The crazy things that, I mean, you talk about fascist and Ocasio-Cortez saying, well, maybe we could do something like re-educate all these conservatives. Re-educate? You mean put them in a re-education game? But I'm the fascist, huh? People who believe in less government, lower taxes, lower regulations, and more free enterprise, they're the fascists? I, I, do these people actually listen to themselves talk? And the media goes along with it. The, the, I mean, I see media people talking like this. Journalists. Don Lemon, Brian Seltzer, whatever the hell his name, Stelter. Mark Dice videos get me. You know, I hear some of these expressions and things that uh, these other hosts, you know, I don't watch those other shows, but I catch, you know, minutes and people send me stuff and it's like, oh my God. But I hear them and it sticks in my head. I saw Brian Seltzer. Brian, Brian. What is Brian? Is he the uh, the uh, uh, like hip cap music? Brian Seltzer. That's who I'm thinking of. Brian Seltzer. <laughs> anyway, we got to move on. I just I had to talk about it because the former Secretary of Education talking like this shows you how irresponsible and how crazy things have gotten. That's why I say I miss the clarity of it all. You know, it used to be. I had different opinions. You had different opinions. We all got along. We all went to the barbecue together. And, and it's just, it's gotten like everything is the most extreme thing there is, right? Everything is the worst possible scenario. 
I, it's, it's social media is acting like a catalyst on it. That's why I like to put – I've gotten to the point now where my weekends I stay focused on avoiding most social media because it gets you worked up, doesn't it? Somebody says something. And I put a clip from Ricky Gervais on my Facebook. I think I put it on Gab and MeWe and some of these other places. He says, social media is like getting mad. Let's say somebody goes to the town square and hangs up guitar lessons, right? $5 guitar lessons. And then everybody in social media is like a guy pulling that sign down and saying, God damn it, I don't want guitar lessons. And then calling the guy up and getting mad about it. It's a great clip. And he's right. Look, I'm not your enemy. Liberals aren't your enemy. There are some that are dangerous. Some that are proposing ideas which will take us down the path to a fascist nation. That's what I always say. And it will. There are some that don't believe in the America that I believe in. The idea that a nation can be built on individual rights and self-governance. They believe in something else. Those are the people that are dangerous, not Nazis. Some, in some ways, they're worse. And some of them are proposing out-and-out -out communist ideas. People like AOC, people like Bernie Sanders who say, I'm a communist. These are the people that you need to worry about because if they get in power, which they now are, you're going to see all kinds of terrible things happen to this nation. We will no longer be a nation of limited governance, of individual rights. We will be something else entirely, something that I don't want to live in. We're running out of time. I only got a few minutes left. I want to talk about the eviction mandate. We'll be right back. So landlords can now evict people. Well, instead, except in the state of New York. Governor Hoechel put a moratorium on evictions until January 15th. Just out of the blue. Just waved her hand. She's going to pass a moratorium. Nope, you can't evict people. Even though the Supreme Court of the United States has made its ruling and has definitively made its ruling that a landlord can charge rent. That's fundamental to America. That's fundamental to property rights, right? I own some property. I want to derive some income from it. So I'm going to let you use it for a period of time. In exchange, you're going to give me money. That's a basic fundamental right of both capitalism and property rights, which is the essence of America, owning your own property. Hoytel says, nope, sorry, people are sick. And if they're sick and they can't pay, well, the government's going to make it right. The New York legislature, she says, well, I'm going to have a moratorium until January 15th. We're going to ignore the Constitution. We're going to ignore the Supreme Court. We're even going to ignore federal and state laws in New York, which say that a landlord has a right to charge rent. And we're just going to do what we want until the legislature can meet and figure out a way to pull an end run on what the Supreme Court said. That's what she said. I'm not making it up. Look it up. People say I make shit up here, that I post conspiracy theories. Nope, just got the message. Rachel says, nope, just waves her hand. You know, under the New York State Constitution, if a governor 
encourages behavior which violates the law, both federal or state laws, that is an impeachable offense. It says it right there. What are they waiting for? Impeacher. I guess they, they had enough with Cuomo, right? Now they got somebody new and they got one of their own. So they're willing to live with fascism. A, a, a governor waving their hand and ordering an edict in violation of the Supreme Court, which not only in their ruling voted 6-3 to three saying these eviction bans are illegal, but they wrote in the ruling, read it, they said, not only that, but you can't legislate it. That it's a fundamental right of existence here in America that you can own and rent property. And I said, don't even try. Don't waste your time. Now you got a governor, Hoicho, and I told you they wanted her in because she's further left than Cuomo, if that's even possible. Oh, sorry. Can't evict anybody January 15th. Which they, she knows, it guarantees someone landlord with some money is just going to evict somebody and cause a lawsuit. And knowing full well, let it go to lawsuit, then I can put an uh, uh, a edict on, right? Because I can get a judge to issue a stay, and then it holds it up, and, I, and then I'm not breaking the law. That's the game she's playing. Well, let somebody evict. Now that I've, I've passed this injunction, this wave my magic wand hand. And then I can get a judge to put a halt on it until the case is heard. And it'll go for another couple of years. That's her game. The Attorney General of the United States, Merrick Garland, a guy who was one heartbeat away from the Supreme Court, said, I want lawyers to do pro bono to interfere with the Supreme Court ruling. Democrats don't care about the law. They see it as a dodge, as something to get around. Merrick Garland, the Attorney General, that's an impeachable offense, what he did, folks, to encourage the legal profession to try and circumvent legislated law and Supreme Court ruling. That's like the Attorney General coming out and saying, just go ahead and violate people's freedom of speech. Well, let's do it. Let's figure out a way to do it. Just go ahead and do it. We'll protect you. We won't uh, prosecute you. That's what he said. We want lawyers to do, and didn't, and he knows how many lawyers, he wants people to do it pro bono, a typical socialist, right? No, doesn't work that way, Merrick. And this is the guy they want to put on the Supreme Court? That's their paragon, that's their moderate. By the way, that was their moderate pick for the Supreme Court. Oh, he's moderate. Remember this? They were telling us Merrick Garland, oh, he's moderate. He's not a, he's a leftist. Are you kidding me? Any attorney general that would suggest that it's okay to use the law to circumvent existing federal law or a Supreme Court ruling which said, don't do this, that's a leftist. That's somebody who wants to do damage to the country, to our system. I'll leave it to you to put the label on it. That's where we are now. That's who's running our country. That's who's got the keys to the kingdom. <laughs> you know, I said to you when the when the Biden got elected, I said these guys can't govern. I, I that was an understatement. I, I had no idea that they would be this bad. I had and, I, and God and you know now you know why they got twenty thousand troops in the capital. What's coming next? What else are these guys cooking up? 
What else are these guys sitting around a table in the basement of the White House with Biden passed out on the sofa full of medication and ice cream? What do you think they're thinking about? What do they think they're planning? What do they think they're plotting? I mean, that's the word you use, plotting. Oh, let's see if we can get around. Let's see if we can, uh, you know, screw up the property system some more. How do we get around this eviction ban? Maybe we can screw things up some more. Did you know that they said, get this. This is this was a hoot. I was watching Jen Psaki today, right? Jen Psaki. <laughs> and she was saying, well, you know, this problem in I, Hurricane Ida, and it's bad. New Orleans is without power. In many large portions of the state, they'll get it fixed. I was surprised that the levy system worked as well as it did, but now I'm going to cover it a little bit more tomorrow. I've been reading up on this before I, I talk about it. Jen Psaki comes out and goes, hey, we're going to help fuel keep fuel prices down. And I go, you do? What are you going to do? We're going to remove the restriction on the amount of hours that a driver, a truck driver, can drive if they're driving a gasoline truck. Does that sound right to you? Does that sound like somebody who wants to help the country? I could see what's coming. There's going to be somebody driving like 20 hours, 22 straight because they get paid for it because they got to get the gas out because they're trying to move all the gas and trying to restrict, you know, the flow because the area has been so badly damaged. <laughs> and there's going to be horrific accident. They I I really do think that they think like that. Hey, let's let's fuck things up more. Let's get somebody to drive a truck one of these wildcat trucks from Mexico to drive a gasoline truck full of gasoline down a heavy grade after putting a 22-hour shift in. Let's see what happens. I wouldn't put it past them I, when I heard that. And, you know, you listen to her talk, and she just she can't get it out fast enough. I, and then we're going to do this, and then we're going to do that. And I, I, Okay, any questions? You know, what, what, what is that? What is that? That's somebody's lying to you. You know, she's just going to get out real quick so that people won't ask questions about relevant things. Like, excuse me, you think that's a really bright idea, allowing a truck driver to drive that many hours who's driving a heavy load? I, you know, that's one question. Excuse me. How, who came up with the idea that a, a guy with a full truck of gasoline can drive in excess to the point where he can stay up all night? Who thought, who thought that was a good idea? I just want to get that. Excuse me, but who thought that was a really good idea? See, they don't do that. It's all scripted. We're out of time for today. And this is the kind of thing that they're doing. All the little things, all the little nuts and bolts they're unscrewing on the machine that America is. And here's one we could throw. Here's a monkey wrench we could fuck things up with. That's what these guys are doing, man. But we're out of time for today. Now, for those of you who have donated the show or are donating the show, you will get a show tomorrow. I will put it up on video through Patreon. And then for those of you who no longer donate to Patreon, I'll email you the show. So you'll all get something to watch tomorrow. Those of you who have been supporters of the show over the years, those who have helped me out in some way, you'll get a copy of the show. Uh, and then I'm on vacation uh, Thursday, Friday... Saturday, Sunday, well, you get a show Thursday morning, right? Because I'm going to do a show tomorrow night. And then Friday, Saturday, full vacation is Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then I'll be back on Tuesday morning. I start taping again Labor Day evening. But I want you to have a good Labor Day weekend. Not worry too much. America's a pretty resilient nation. We've survived a lot of stuff, man. And we'll get through this together in the next three years. It, but I've got to tell you, it's a really interesting time to be in politics. i got to tell you. 
because the stuff I'm seeing, I never thought I would, I would say. I really don't. But we're out of time. Take care, folks. Have a good one.